1: market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street.
2: Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Cantaneo and David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer's at one market in San Francisco, fresh from his exclusive with Mark Benioff at Dreamforce last night. Futures are trying to bounce after that warmer-than-expected CPI. Couldn't quite get that two-tenths on core. We will settle for three-tenths. Ten-year yield briefly pops to 4.35, close to the August highs. Our roadmap's going to begin with CPI, giving the Fed more to consider ahead of next week's rate decision.
1: Apple also in focus as Wall Street reacts to its launch event, including a new iPhone lineup. Meantime, China insists it has not issued a ban on the company's flagship product. Plus, we're going to get into all things AI, from major tech CEOs meeting with lawmakers today on Capitol Hill, to what Salesforce's Mark Benioff told Jim about that technology.
2: Let's begin with CPI. Obviously, uh, a bit of a disappointment to the Bulls gym. Um, Gasoline uh, is more than half of uh, the headline, up 10. Car insurance up two and a half, but lodging away from home down three.
3: That's funny. I was listening to, to Steve Leeson break it down, and I totally agree with what Steve is saying, of course, because it's just empirical. There's nothing that says that gasoline and oil have necessarily trickled into the rest of the uh, combination. We do know, it's funny, I've been talking with some of the major insurers who are using, believe it or not, artificial intelligence to get to actually get prices to where they are lower. And I wonder whether that won't filter in as part of a larger conversation about trying to get the best price for the consumer when it comes to these gigantic uh, car insurance and auto finance companies, I suspect that those numbers are going to go down because of artificial intelligence. That's not for that, they may, that may not be two years out. That may have to be next year. So I'm actually more sanguine on that. What I'm less sanguine about is we've got to see some numbers from companies go up about AI. And we haven't seen that other than NVIDIA. And David, when we talk about AI, you know the stocks have all been up as if the numbers are going to be great. The pressure on Adobe tomorrow is so gigantic <laughs> because someone's got to be able to raise numbers on AI besides NVIDIA. It can't just be NVIDIA. But isn't it maybe
1: it's a bit too early to, to, to do that? I, you know, isn't it? When we That's talk the about the products that are really going to come from generative AI and the revenues and
3: or the productivity, it just may be a while, Jim. Uh, not for banks. Because they have, uh, well, he's we called a Goldman. They had wood. You spoke with David Solomon. He was more diplomatic than that. But some firms can really start trimming immediately. But they'll do it through attrition, David. You're absolutely right. They won't fire. They'll just not hire people. But, you know, in terms of, like, making numbers move up, what I think is most daunting is what happened with Oracle. And I, I wanted to buy. I'm going to be frozen now from a Travel Trust. Oracle's got Oracle World next week. I think they're going to lay out a pretty good AI strategy, but they didn't raise. And unless you raise, like Nvidia then it's disappointment. And, David, that means there's a lot of disappointment head. It worries me particularly in light of what we know about arm holdings and how that stock is going to come in way too hot now, as we know, in the last 48 hours.
1: You think it's going to come in way too hot? It's arm? going to
3: come yep. in. I was hoping for $50 billion. David, I'm hearing $60, 70000000000 I can't get that. I can't get you that no matter they, I what don't I do. not know if they're going to get to that. Really? I mean, oh, where, they're going to, these where, anchor are they are going to press tenants. somewhere around? Say but the again. anchor tenants are not strate- yeah. They're strategic. They don't care about valuation, right? And they're bidding the thing up. David, it can't come north of fifty billion and make sense. Uh, I, well,
1: listen, they wouldn't be unhappy with that at SoftBank for certain. If you got above right. sixty, I mean, he sold, he bought back stock at sixty-four billion, which is roughly twice what they paid for the company quite some time back. but, True, coming back, but you know, coming back sorry. to this this thesis on AI, I mean, Nvidia is benefiting, of course, because they're selling all the chips that are helping all these companies create the products for the future, but isn't it a little early again to expect those very products to be actually producing revenue or increasing productivity? It's going to take a while. So ARM is a beneficiary of the chip sales that are obviously behind all the new iterations of generative AI or all the new products that are conceivably coming, let's call it a year or two years from now.
3: Well, okay, so uh, here's the, the difficulty with that. Mark Benioff, who obviously is a great proselytizer for this, is telling me that it's going to show up this year that it's that powerful, and with the big banks, you will see already their gross margins increasing. I mean, Carl, it is so prosaic what's really going to do well. You're, it is an auto insurance company. It is a property casualty insurer. It is a money center bank. They're the guys who are able to put this to work immediately and save money, and those are the winners so far. Is, uh, and I'm sitting down with Laura Albert from Williams-Sonoma. I saw her last night at a dinner. She can tell you a chapter and verse how much it's helping already, but I think it's companies that have very tech savvy or companies that have giant overhead, huge costs up front where people just do the same thing over and over and over again. Carl, those people, when they leave or if they're terminated, will not be replaced. And that means gross margins going up for as early as I say Q1 of uh, 2024. Right, that's
2: that's pretty soon. Uh, yes, it is. I guess I guess nearer term, Jim. Uh, we're left with what's happened with prices on the shelf today. Uh, Doug McMillan of Walmart did talk about This yesterday at the conference said we're going to see deflation, but we're not going to get all the way back to deflation and erase some of these price hikes that have happened over the last two years. Here's what he said.
3: In the U.S., things are better than I would have expected them to be when we started the year. I think the employment situation, wage increases, some pockets of disinflation are helping that. I think we're in a pretty good spot, and the customers are going to feel some relief as it relates to pricing the more disinflation happens in categories like drug and consumables Mm -hmm. the more discretionary income they have to buy general merchandise so we may see mixed shifts but you know the spend level kind of hangs into where it is i would expect the behavior to be about what it is now and i think holiday is going to be pretty good yeah so you know i don't go into next year feeling too pessimistic
2: his comments, Jim, about holiday are interesting because this Deloitte survey or study says we're looking at holiday's uh, growth in the
3: slowest in about five years, uh, three five to four eight. Geez, I'm not so sure about that. I, I think that uh, a lot of the employment numbers are still very very strong, and that should not lead to that kind of deceleration. Uh, it is hit or miss. I mean, I think one of the things that's happened coming out of uh, out of uh, the pandemic. Walmart is now a loved company to shop at. And I know that when I walk the stores, I think, and sometimes David and I joke about this, but when you walk the stores, they just don't look like Walmarts. They look like Targets. It's like they figured out what Target looks like. Uh, At the same time, the numbers from Costco are extraordinary. I mean, Carl, I think that we've learned, learned Amazon, Costco, Walmart offer the best bargains. And those are winner take all. And it does almost feel like loser take none.
2: We'll see. I mean, um, you did have this report out of Goldman yesterday, Jim, looking at Q four potholes, uh, the resumption of student loan payments, right. government shutdown more likely than not. We're going to talk about the UAW strike. Uh, their number for Q four is one three, as opposed to three one in Q three.
3: Well, look, that's a decel, a deceleration. But if you remember, if you're the Fed. You're looking, you're listening to the, what we just said over the last four minutes. You're saying it's yeah, good, but, you know, CPI, not perfect, but Walmart, 200 million people go there each week. That's a pretty positive sign. I mean, David, anecdotally, there are enough signs of, of, of prices coming down that if we could just get housing to break. In other words, housing's up 40%. That's the big outlier. If we get housing to break, of which we will know, again, with Lenore tomorrow, giant home builder that tells you exactly a forecast that you have to listen to. We need housing coming down. We need AI to come into play to lower our prices. I know it's a little, uh, it's not even Goldilocks. You could actually just say it's phantasmagorical. But, David, it could happen.
1: Well, yeah, but for housing to break, wouldn't you need mortgage rates to start to decline so that you had a more robust market overall for sales of, of
3: homes? Okay, this is people who are like my wife, who sells real estate. Uh, there's a moment in time where what happens is the rates go so high, and the home builders don't seem to realize, and they keep pumping and pumping. And then there's that moment where the buyers step away, and then the home builders break price. And that's what Pal's hoping for. He may get it, David, because we now are what is not. We haven't seen numbers for applications since nineteen ninety six. This badly. I don't think the homebuilders understood that it could be this bad this fast. Lunar will tell us whether they're over, beginning to overbuild. The homebuilding stocks are saying that the homebuilders are overbuilding. That's how you would get the price break, as, the, as a buyer strike. So, David, that's what I'm counting on to get housing, not back to, you know, if it's up 40% from 2019, you're not going to get that to be back to where it was. But if it could just turn to being, say, down, roll uh, well, back a, a quarter of that, then again, the Fed's golden. That's yeah. what we want. We want the yeah. pressure off the Fed.
2: There's also this interesting survey out of Redfin this morning, uh, guys. Uh, one in 10 sellers are listing because they have been called back to the office.
3: Whoa. Oh, man. I, I, I had Lyft on last night, uh, David Risher. He said that their business up 18 percent. Why? Because the, the commuter's back. Now, David, you've been commuting for years, so it really hasn't directly impacted you. No. And, and, but do you see more people in the subway? Yeah, actually, it does matter. Uh,
1: yesterday, yesterday was very crowded. Today was was uh, it, yes, I have noted, uh, the, you know, the middle of the week in particular—Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday—tends to be uh, busier, um, and has become even busier post Labor Day. I think that is that is notable. That said, guys, as we've said so many times, Friday is just—that's over. I mean, nobody, we're j- we're it, we're it. Us and maybe those a few guys that Goldman you know, I'm going to take off Friday. And, uh, I'm taking off Friday mailman. morning. Oh, yes. yes. And yes. of course, right. those morning. people Enough. who actually,
3: right. I have to show. What's what, it what, like? What, what's what like? When you take off Friday, what's it like? What do you do? I like you know. get up. What do you do? I don't, I, I, you
1: wouldn't know. Are you um. going to take the red eye back like tonight or tomorrow night and come to work? What, the next morning? what did
3: they cancel it? <laughs> did they cancel my red eye? <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, no. I wore my suit. That's like a kind of a. It's kind of a pajama suit. Oh, it is. You got the pajama. It's suit a on? Brioni. It's a Brioni 180 pajama suit. It guarantees really good sleeping.
1: But it doesn't oh. right, and it doesn't wrinkle, so you'll show it has up here tomorrow feet. morning. It has feet. Right
3: the, the suit, feet yeah. pajama suit from Brioni. Jim tends not to take travel days. No, he does the way back. No, he I, I doesn't. Not
2: careful so, like some dude. people I know. Uh, I have to yes. make up for the I other people. I took one.
1: I took one on Friday for the wow, first time. That was brutal. We didn't get in until three in the morning. David was on assignment.
3: Three in the morning. that's a, good, man. If I can get that, that's good. And go Speaking right to the of, office. I did not expect to
2: get heat from him. <laughs> exactly. But, hey, you know. Speaking of activity out west, let's get to Apple unveiling its latest products, including the iPhone 15, the Series 9 Apple Watch at yesterday's Wonderlust event. All of them coming with this USB C charging port. Jim, a lot of uh, some price target trimming going on today. Uh, some discussion about whether or not these uh, price hikes at the high end are trying to mask uh, the obvious continued revenue declines.
3: Well, look, it, there's a reason why we never buy ahead of an Apple launch, because the nitpickers are first. They're the ones that immediately come on and tell you, look, it's not nothing incremental. It's not a big price increase. Of course, we need to see, see what Verizon ATT are going to pay. But I thought what's so interesting is that the sum total of things that they're giving you uh, for the watch, for the cord, for... Uh, for the phone in terms of the camera where that you can get rid of blur. These are things that don't show up in the numbers instantly, and yet they become why you buy. And I think that the first people out of the block are the people who say, eh, nothing new. And then when you start using it, you say, "Wow, well, I now have a device that tells me hotter, 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 bingo, for where my phone is. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to use my watch for a, a, a clock anymore. I'm just going to use it because I misplaced my phone at least four or five times a day. David, I don't know how much you misplace it, but this is the solution.
1: And that's why I'm going to upgrade to the new watch?
3: Yeah, well, it's not find a watch. My it's a find my phone that it's also tells time. <laughs> That's what it is. It's it does changed. There's a lot
1: of other things, Jim.
3: My God, nobody nah. spent more
1: time talking about the health benefits of having that watch
3: than you. Well, a lot of times I'm yelling on Mad Money and it tells me i got to be careful because it's a, it's a dangerous sound environment. <laughs> uh, well, you've got,
2: you've got the Vision Pro still on track, Jim. Uh, oh, for next right. that is
3: so great because see this? Talk to my little friend. This is what's going. It's like everyone's going to be doing senior Wences Remember him did from the insulting. Yes. Yes. This is the touch. This is what you've got to learn to do. And we'll all be doing it right now. I'm the only one doing it. It looks like I'm a complete joker. <laughs> Next year at this time, all of us be doing it, and we say, like, "Oh, he's doing that thing." I mean, Kramer was first, like with the Nvidia. Remember when he named his dog uh, the Nvidia? He, he's doing this now. I'm ahead. Yeah, David. There's a use case for AI. Did you know that? It's going to wipe out humanity. Uh, by the way, that hasn't gone away as a concern. And oh, Carl, I, you, know, you and I will still be here. Sam He'll all be on assignment.
1: He, sh- he shares it. Musk shares oh, Come on. It's an absolute possibility. When you get Musk to artificial generative, ge- general intelligence, oh, yeah.
3: I'm driving in a driverless car today. It's soon a cruise. And you know what? Cruise one must none.
1: I Interesting. See that. I'm yeah. looking forward to that video. Yeah. Awesome. Jim in the back seat.
2: Speaking of which, we're on watch for arrivals at this uh, AI closed-door forum on the Hill today, where Zuckerberg, Musk, Gates, and as David said, other tech giants are going to attend uh, Senator Schumer's gathering. That's kicking off at the top of the hour. We'll take you live to D.C. Take a look at the pre-market here. Can stocks look past CPI this morning? Futures have been waffling back and forth. We'll get to two more airlines warning today, the UAW, some news on City. When we come back... Congress holding this AI forum today to explore potential regulation with Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, among the confirmed guests. This says Salesforce chief Mark Benioff sat down with Jim last night and touted the power of AI.
3: Why do I want Salesforce's Einstein to be my co-pilot? Well,
0: Jim, you know, this is probably the greatest
2: technology advancement of our lifetime. Actually, it's probably the greatest technology advancement of any lifetime. Of any lifetime. We're going to talk with, with Jim about that in a moment. But first, our Emily Wilkins is down in D.C. with the latest. Morning, Emily.
4: Good morning, Carl. Well, AI is really getting the red carpet treatment on Capitol Hill today. You know, Capitol Hill, home to a lot of meetings, a lot of issues. This is really unique. In less than an hour at 10 o'clock, right behind me here in the Kennedy caucus room, all 100 senators have been invited to meet with, as you mentioned, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, a lot of leaders on tech and AI, as well as leaders from civil rights groups, from unions, to really start or rather continue a conversation about AI and what Congress's role needs to be. Now, this isn't the first hearing. It probably is the most blockbuster hearing with the biggest names. But Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said that this is really about educating members. I know a lot of people don't think of senators as the most tech savvy. Uh, Senator Schumer is known for having his little flip phone. But he really wants to make sure that senators are comfortable with their knowledge of AI. Now, the actual legislation process is already underway in a number of different committees. Uh, Yesterday, Senator Richard Blumenthal, Senator Josh Hawley held a bipartisan hearing on their AI framework that would require certain high-risk AI models to be licensed and to be overseen by an independent agency. Josh Hawley told me yesterday that there need to be some bright lines for these AI companies.
0: We can't just allow industry to do what they want to do because they'll maximize their profits. B, I think we need bright line standards that protect kids
1: Uh, that protect workers to make sure that uh, this technology actually enhances their wages, doesn't destroy it, protects uh, creativity and people's privacy rights. So I think we've got a long way to go, but we're learning a lot.
4: Of course, there's still debates on the actual details of what AI legislation needs to look like, whether it needs to be one agency, multiple agencies, whether open source AI should be encouraged or discouraged. Expect a lot of that to be discussed today in the room behind me. The first three-hour session starts in about a few minutes. Carl.
2: Thanks. Uh, Let's talk about this for a moment with Jim. Uh, Jim, is this really constructive, or is this theater?
3: No, I don't think it's theater, because these uh, chieftains of tech have not gotten together, and they don't really know. And I know that that I regard Jensen Wong is the most important person there, and he is the CEO of Nvidia, and he is so pro guardrail. And he talks about that before he talks about anything else. But there are others who don't talk about that first. Others who are talking about profit. Sam Altman, bit of a wild card, I, at all times a wild card. I, this group is yeah. filled with wild cards. But he's, but, you know, David, you know these Altman's guys are pro, not he's, all he's, one. No, Altman's pro, pro guardrails as well. I mean, he's, no, but he's, he's saying the kind of same don't Please know, save us from ourselves. No, I, actually, what I'm saying is, is that these guys are, when I hear the idea that they're only out for profit, David, do you hear anyone is just saying that? No, they're I really worried. do
1: think, I agree with you, Jim, that they're this worried. is important. That this is important. You know, you could imagine, what if, knowing what we know now, we'd had a forum like this 20 years ago involving social media? Right. Where would we be?
3: God, is that a what great would, example. What,
1: right? What would have happened? What regulations would have been put in place? So I'm, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, Obviously, the Chinese and the Russians are not invited to this forum. So (laughs) my point being, we can do everything we want in terms of putting up guardrails. Nothing says that our um, enemies or potential enemies are
3: doing the same. There's an at- look, today, Venezuela Maduro met yesterday with She. I mean, wait, Ronald Reagan would say that there really is an axis of evil going on here. And David, you're right. I mean, if we're gonna sit here and think that we're going to play with one arm tied behind our back and those guys are militarizing AI instantly, and I don't know. I mean, I think our guys are really trying to do what's constructive. Carl, the other our enemies, so to speak, they don't want to do what's constructive, they want to do what's destructive for us. It's going to be it's interesting, especially,
2: especially given that Schumer is going to, I guess, lead a delegation to China, a uh, bipartisan delegation uh, in the coming weeks, we think, which might be interesting. Uh, he's been a pretty big China hawk. Uh, we'll get Kramer's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. We'll talk about what China said about Apple earlier today. Take a look at the futures here as we continue to circulate around the flatline post-CPI. Back in a minute.
0: Let's get straight to the point.
2: Watch travel stocks today. You'll see some airlines at the top of the laggard list this morning as American slashes their guidance for Q3. That's mostly about fuel costs and this pilot deal. But Spirit also cuts the guide, saying they're seeing more steep discounting uh, in for the second half of Q3 going into Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. Opening bell coming up in about five minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast.
0: We've been very consistent in our message that September 14th is a deadline, not a reference point, And we expect all three companies to have that agreement. Um, if they don't, then there will be action. So, um, uh, you know, so we can get there, uh, but the companies need to get serious and buckle down. And, uh, you know, we've, we're 48 hours away, so we have a lot of work to do in 48 hours.
1: Sean Fink, man who runs the UAW. You've been talking a lot about him, Jim. Of course, I know in the Mad Dash, you want to talk
3: about Ford. I thought it would be Uh, Good to have his words prior to hearing from you. Absolutely, because UBS goes from sell to buy. It's a new analyst and talking about how the stock, instead of a price target of 11, goes to 15. In part, by the way, because of Ford Pro. Now, this is the... F one hundred and fifty, which they are doubling the uh, numbers that are going to be made. It's a very profitable machine. And remember, it's a hybrid. What I think is interesting about what Fain says is that he was, the rhetoric was a little bit cooler. He didn't talk about fat cats. He did mention billionaires. But against that, you've got this kind of dual threat from Ford, which is, you know what, don't strike us. We're the most pro-labor unit, the most UAW employees, most labor, most unionized company in America. However, veiled threats saying, listen, we've got a lot of money. We can take you on. So, David, I want to watch Ford as a barometer. Maybe there are people who really do think that it's going to be Stellantis that they go after. Fame was opaque on this. He's saying that baseball will go after everybody. David, they don't yes. have the money to go after everybody. They only have five weeks of a strike fund versus five months for Ford. I think Ford may get a pass here. And maybe that's the okay. Sub-Rose analysis. Phil, you know, somewhere. Jim, Phil did ask him that direct question. And to your point, he
1: said, no, we're all treating it all equally. You don't believe
3: that. Well, I think that would be a good – I think that would be a great bargaining stance. Let's see which guy comes in with the most realistic – maybe they don't strike him. I don't know. I'm just saying that this guy's as wild as they get, David. He's very – you know what? He's playing it as if he's got a really good hand. Is he bluffing? We don't know.
2: All right, Jim, let's get the opening bell on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange with the big board. It's software company SAP celebrating its 25th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ, its pharma company Moderna, marking its annual Research and Development Day. Jim uh, Bansell on Squawk earlier today. Uh, In advance of that, uh, Ron Barron saying they've got a small stake there as well.
3: Look, well, I had Stefan sell on uh, after he, he came on because he was very defensive that the, the stock was not reacting to all the things he had in the pipeline, which is, you know, remember, they are uh, trying to personalize uh, cancer vaccines. He said all the things that I had hoped when the stock was at 12, he'd talk about. He did it. Nobody seemed to care that day. Suddenly they care. I don't know. Maybe it's the Ron Barron impact. But, you know, Carl, this company is so much more than a COVID vaccine. Maybe it's going to get some credit. I've been saying that the stock is, ver- is very undervalued. I've been wrong in that the stock's done nothing. But it seems like today the tide is turning. Uh,
1: yeah, well, to your point, the stock is still down 37 percent for the year. Oh, look Jim. at Pfizer.
3: Look yeah. at Pfizer. It's the curse of COVID, David. Pfizer the companies is, that know, did well—they
1: did well—and we were talking about Pfizer finally breaking out of that twenty-year slump. And now you can go back and do the twenty-year on Pfizer. It—you know, uh, AT&T, Verizon, Pfizer. This is just not a way to create value. Look at that thing.
3: Wow, what—that David, you lumped them in with AT&T?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. Serial
3: dividend increasers and a dividend All right. cutter.
1: Okay, good point, and total return to shareholders, which doesn't show up in our um, our charts, uh, does you know, is is, is right. an important point, right? Pfizer's current dividend uh, is 4.7 percent. Right. But Jim, I'm still saying, come on, look
3: at that. No, um, you're that. right. You're it's right. Just, they uh, just it's, it's versus <laughs> Lilly, David. Look at Lilly. I, yeah. you, there's hardly you know I was talking oh, just, to a major it, what? I'm it, sorry
2: isn't it guys just a, just a sign of the da- downside of pull forwards pull forwards in demand for vaccines pull forwards in demand for totally for broadband service as we stayed home and got shots
1: Yeah I mean in terms of the yes yeah. the the covid uptick and then not but that is reflective of coming up with a completely new therapy that is going to conceivably Jim change healthcare you mean science? Are you,
3: are you talking about science? I'm
1: talking about science. Um, and I'm not saying Pfizer hasn't done its part. I, I don't mean no. to slag them, but Lilly and what we talked about there and the accretion of market value over the last five years as a result uh, uh, of any number of things, but clearly the last year, Moderno is, I mean, who knows? It's just beginning. It's just beginning.
3: But David, you're right. When you look at Lilly and I to start, I've been to- speaking to all the packaged food companies and I mean all, Uh, And, David, they're not worried about Majorno or Wegovi, which are the drugs that make it so you don't really want their snack food. I think it's great that they are not worried, but I think there's a group of people who like the taste of snack food right now, probably about 5 million of them by this point next year, and they won't know the difference between eating cardboard and eating a potato chip.
1: (laughs) It really does dampen your appetite overall, is my understanding. I have not actually uh, used these uh, drugs, but I have spoken to people who have. Uh, well, they aren't without a- certain side effects that make them uh, make them somewhat distasteful, Jim. I mean, we should look. We I think America that. likes
3: to. America has not really paid much attention to what's bad for you, if they if they want it. That's why I thought that Smucker did well buying the buying Hostess. But David, you know, General Mills was in there too, and it made me think, wow, maybe the food business—they need growth. Maybe they're going to start doing some uh, some M and A. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think, listen, what you're trying to understand is the implications of these weight loss drugs overall. And you're not alone. I, I, you know, I've talked about this as well. I know hedge funds who are wondering about McDonald's or Coca-Cola or on and on right from there. You've talked about alcohol as well, where they may have an impact in terms of people's uh, desire for alcohol and what the impact would be there. So, and then not to mention what the impact is going to be on the healthcare system. Um, ultimately, we hope bringing costs down because of course obesity leads to so many other uh,
3: diseases it's a blood pressure drug think of it like that i mean people are just making it as i know it's a vanity drug but it's a blood pressure intractable blood pressure is treated by this and it's an alcohol to drink test is what they're doing if the if, if people two drinks are really bad for you a day And there's been nothing that's not alcoholism. It's just two drinks. And they've discovered that's probably one of the worst things for you. Carl, that's the focus now, blood pressure and alcohol. Those are the two that people are thinking it's really good for.
2: Jim, to your point about Ford, uh, second biggest gainer this morning behind Moderna. Uh, We mentioned UBS does upgrade to buy, they go to 15. Uh, B of A with uh, a note here. They do expect uh, the union to follow through, Jim, um, with wages ending up somewhere in the 25 to 30 range over four years. Unlikely it would last a full quarter, uh, given, as you said, a finite strike fund.
3: Yeah. Look, they just don't have the. They don't have the cards. I mean, I'm look. I'm not seeing what he's got in his hand. But I look at the strike fund, and it's it's depleted after five weeks. If you pay employees six hundred dollars a week. And that makes it so that people are going to be afraid not to get a deal. I think Mary Barra, by the way, has been the leader right now in offering a pretty good package, uh, a bonus, a signing bonus. It's Look, we we look at what the signing bonuses are in sports, and we know the signing bonus here seems like small at $5,000. But, you know, Carl, $5,000 and a, a wage increase, that's going to be attractive to some of the members. It was a very split vote to get fame. There are a lot of members who felt like that it's just important to stay on the good side of the oil companies. Fain represents a different skein. You know, he doesn't have his own group. I don't think he has his own troops as united as we've been portraying in the media.
2: So are you feeling better about a strike not derailing the economy?
3: Yes, I am. Uh, I also think, by the way, I'm not just influenced by the fact that I'm going to be with Kyle Vogt, who runs Cruz which is a separate entity for GM we're going to be going cruising through the streets of San Francisco driverless but I think that the there's a lot of members of the of the UAW who recognize you know what we got to keep our jobs because right now there's two tracks of a lot of these companies there's EV which is what they want to be non-union include batteries and then there's regular and regulars going away. so I think Fein talks a good game if it was 1950 but he's not talking a good game if it's 2023.
1: You're doing a cruise. Not, uh, you're not doing Waymo, right, Jim? Only cruise. No, no, a
3: cruise. I, Alphabet is in the Justice Department. Yeah. I don't know if that'd to be above right. uh, Oh, Sam right, there's Alman, Sam Altman, David. Yeah,
1: yep, uh, uh, behind chat GPT, which Sky has changed, changed so much. Uh, generative AI. Um, walking into this uh, important meeting that we've been discussing. We'll keep monitoring uh, arrivals. Guys, I'm so um, glad you
3: think it's important. It is I'm important. so glad because yeah. they're really very, they're kind that of, there's a little sincerity sure. there. Jensen's there. There's sincerity this in these is, talks. This
1: is, this is, I mean, they're all in the same room. That's pretty, Zuckerberg and Musk it's are going to be together. I don't know got if they're sitting next to right? each
3: other. Schumer's actually got some, um, some gravitas in this. He does. Got some pull. Um, yes, he does.
1: All right, we looked at a 20-year of Pfizer. Um, I could be in, doing a lot of 20 years. I always think that's kind of interesting. I don't know if you put mm. up a 20-year of city what that would look like, talking oh. about the bank. Probably not oh. good, That's what I'm guessing. No. Um, I mention it because about 25 minutes ago or so, guys, or maybe even more, 30 minutes ago, we got news from the company that it is what it is calling uh, streamlining its organizational structure, simplifying its operating model, Um, having leaders of City's five interconnected businesses that will now report directly to CEO Jane Frazier and be members of the executive management team. Here's a quote from uh, City CEO Jane Frazier. I'm determined that our bank will deliver to our full potential and we're making bold decisions to meet our commitments to our stakeholders, to all of our stakeholders. She goes on to say these changes eliminate unnecessary complexity across the bank Increase accountability for delivering excellent client service and strengthen our ability to benefit from the natural linkages that exist among our, amongst our businesses, all with an eye toward delivering on our medium-term targets and our transformation. Jim,
3: <laughs> thoughts? Well, look, I think that they're trying to, no, this, I think this is more of a consolidation of our power. I'm surprised that hasn't happened earlier. But David, you know that offline, all anybody talks about is the tangible book value uh, being so much higher than the stock price, and it's the only one that's like that. Uh, when you spoke with, da- with David Solomon, they're deeply focused on tangible book value and uh, how great it is. City can't focus on how great it is because it's so much greater than the stock price that we have to wonder whether somehow the tangible book value is overstated. How is that possible to overstate TBV?
1: Well, you've talked about this for a long time, and the market Sparison. has not listened.
3: It's very worrisome, It Makes no the, sense to me.
1: Bringing the stock price up. We're talking about an 80 billion dollar market value here. It's bite-sized city. Uh, as you take a look at Sam Altman stopping uh, bite-sized take some questions. Can we listen in or?
3: There always is changes in the labor market. We but I firmly believe there will be far more great new jobs. 300
4: million jobs are
2: and could be
3: disruptive. I mean, all jobs are at stake in some sense, right? But, like, okay, I think we're
2: already seeing the way people to do more do better. I'm, I'm very optimistic about it, but that doesn't mean there won't be a great deal of rockiness along the way, and I think it's important to be able to... Do you think
1: that.
4: there should be a pause in development? Right,
1: Sam Altman, of course, uh, who helped to create, uh, really, the revolution uh, brought on by ChatGPT originally, uh, generative AI, uh, at OpenAI, which he, uh, which he runs, started with Elon Musk, Those two don't really get along that well. It'll be interesting to see what happens in that room, Jim. uh, It was hard to hear uh, everything he was saying. But that room alone with Jensen in there, Musk, Zuckerberg,
3: Altman, wow. Well, I remember when Jensen was telling me, CEO of NVIDIA, that he had met, met with Altman. Constantly trying to figure out when would someone recognize the value of this product. David, there was no one. Well, I went out there, yeah, and then I named my dog after. But there was no one other than Altman who saw the value of it. What a change. And now they have to defend the incredible revolution that didn't exist three years ago. Right. The revolution was, was not even well, not televised. They had to go to happening.
1: Microsoft to get money because these large language models are right. expensive. It's, cost. it's The product. computing power is enormous. And we've made that point many times, which does lead to only a very small group of companies that really can provide the underlying technology. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't all sorts of products that will then be created, that will be used. But, um, I mean, you're looking at many of the, the companies that can. Obviously, they can all afford to do it, but not many others. Tesla amongst them as well.
3: Yes, you got it. I mean, the upfront cost of this, uh, people are angry at NVIDIA. They, I mean, there's an interview, with, there's a An interview that Slootman from Snowflake was involved with Jensen, it's available online. It was at Snowflake Summit, where Slootman openly chafes at how much NVIDIA is charging. And you know, David, that Musk is angry about how much NVIDIA is charging. But no one else has had anything that comes near to so And NVIDIA spent a fortune developing it. So I think it's fair that everyone has to pay the freight. Yeah, you got the product, you might as well get paid for it as best
1: you can. The question with NVIDIA though, Jim, is how long will that be the case? Is AMD going to have some sort of competitive product? Uh, as uh, we take a I, look at Bill uh, Gates uh, now uh, entering as well.
3: Um, we have to hear from Lisa Su. Lisa Su is a very good product, but this uh, Grace Hopper product, which you know, David, it's got an arm holding CPU, not a, a, an 86, an x86 CPU. You know that that is the reason why arm holdings is going to be overvalued from the moment it comes public. They've are partners with Nvidia. Who's gonna
1: who's leading this discussion amongst these guys, Carl? Do you know? I, I mean, I, they need a good moderator in there. Yeah, I, is, it, is it Schumer? I don't. It's Schumer with his flip phone. Hey, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I'm not. Well, sure. How do you
1: think we work this thing what, here? What's oh.
2: interesting is you've got this going on at the same time as uh, the DOJ suit went underway, and according yeah. to reports, yesterday's arguments really did center on. Uh, allegations of the company repeatedly uh, used exclusivity to limit competition, a lot of discussion about the nature of, Jim, what a default search setting means and how much friction there is for a consumer to choose otherwise if
3: they wanted to? It's so funny because they're, it's like the Amazon fight of the FTC. They're picking the things that we love, and one of the things when many people are saying that, that What we're seeing right now in AI is bigger than search and therefore even more valuable than search. Everyone I spoke to is so happy with something that was developed by Google, which is the best search engine in the world. Happy with Amazon. Oh, look, speak of of the non-devil. Yeah, perfect timing.
2: Coming off of that Wired interview yesterday where he was asked, uh, so did Nadella make you dance? And Pichai says, uh, Jim, in cricket there's a saying, you let the bat do the talking.
3: Well, there, I keep learning about cricket. Maybe we should get the cricket rights. I mean, what did Disney do, David, with that? Do Peacock have the cricket rights? Then no, Disney lost them, right? Yeah. In India, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. It's, it's very, it's unfathomable, David. People are like, it's kind of like the Mets, they try to hit the ball. Speaking of... Uh, yeah, listen, being a New York
1: sports fan right now... Although, like you know,
2: did you see the Monday Night Football ratings?
1: Yeah. yeah. Highest the highest the ESPN ever! Of course, work? we Linear uh, back. There's Jason. your man, Jim. There's your man. No
3: leather jacket? Oh, my God. Where's the leather jacket? Fully suited. Fully suited not like, He doesn't have the jacket.
1: Wow. The net worth alone in that room, too. Yeah. Gates, Good Zuckerberg, point. and Musk.
3: Um, Do you think if Fame were there from the UAW, he'd be <laughs> happy with that group?
2: <laughs> wow.
3: No. Uh, no speaking I of.
2: By the way, while we're on autos there really quick, Jim, uh, this Jonas note this morning uh, about his own upgrade of Tesla the other day, uh, just pointing out a lot of pushback from investors. He goes on to make the point that if if you were valuing it as a car business, equity would be overvalued. But we think there's a lot more going on there. And he says add exposure on EV weakness.
3: Yeah, he, he's such a good guy. I know I, mean, I felt terrible when I hit him because he's one of the few analysts that really reads and develops a, a, a kind of a counter thesis. You know, Carl, I hate nope. this. I mean, he's nice. Wow, there he is,
1: Elon. That's our timing is Elon. great today. We're, we're like, we don't even know. We're talking Tesla and there he goes. They're
3: going to throw um, the Isaacson book at him.
1: <laughs> Everyone's reading it. I just got it last night. I'm going to read it.
3: I got the Stephen King book, which is better? Holly. It's a good book. Of course, Ron no. Barron on Squawk,
2: uh, with what's become sort of a familiar conversation, but repeats today, he believes the company will be uh, four to five times bigger in the next seven years. Well, and probably not just on autos.
1: No. Uh, clearly it would, would involve more than that. There's Elon talking to Sundar, perhaps, uh, and Jensen. How's that,
3: David? What do they say? Oh, Jensen. Ooh, bad blood there, or, yeah, or peace? What are, they, what are they talking about, Jim? Being rich? No. No. They no. don't talk about that. They're humble. Well, I don't know. Jensen's uh, humble.
1: Yeah, humble.
3: Not the word for must,
1: no. Uh, yeah, well, just in general. Um, no. Hopefully they will be talking about the threats of AI. I mean, maybe they'll have an actual fruitful discussion with government uh, officials will. about it and really, and help educate, because they certainly need to be educated, our members of Congress about what cool. these threats are, or how they see them, and how we can best mitigate them. I mean, that would
3: cool. be nice. These guys, I try to get them to talk about profitability immediately, and they make me feel like... Uh that um, uh, Michael Douglas in Wall Street. They don't want to hear it, okay? They want to talk about how we're trying to protect people. And, and it's not uh, for show. I mean, because then I'll, I'll go back and say, okay, that's fine. That's fine. And the ESG, whatever, no, Jim, focus on this. This is what we're focused on. We'll make plenty of money. we got to figure out how to make this so it doesn't hurt people. It's not for show. I know everybody is like saying, "Oh, give was you a Ar- break. That but- was
1: Arvind from IBM, right? Was that Arvind Krishna? Yeah.
3: David, you need to get uh, in there. Elon. These people are afraid of you. After the last few interviews, they're afraid of you. <laughs>
1: they're not afraid of me. Yes, Elon's they are. Elon's not afraid of anything. Mm. Anytime he's ready, I'm ready to do another interview. That's for you sure. You and Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, he's
3: your buddy. When are you going to interview him again? I, I could Actually, I'm going to put the call in today. That's funny you mentioned it. Um, I think we're waiting for actually, him. Actually, yeah. It's interesting
1: to see Zuck Zuck and uh, and Musk next to each other, or sort of. I mean, I don't know. You asked the question yesterday. I did. I did. Ari Emanuel, who's uh, you know close to Musk, and it looked like UFC might at one point have sponsored a fight, said not going to happen. Maybe they've just maybe there's peace between Musk and Zuckerberg as we wait. No, he said it was
3: David. He said it was. He's on the physically unable to perform list. Correct. He's on the pup list. Correct. Musk, right?
1: Yes, he's got shoulder, shoulder surgery. Oh, yeah, take a listen to Ari, what he had to say about the prospects for that, that cage fight. I don't think that's happening. You don't? No. Did you? I did at the beginning, yes. What happened? I'm not really sure. You know, For I a think, while, it looked like I it think, might be I UFC think, sanctioned, I, right? I think, I think, oh, for I sure.
4: Think, I, think, I think Elon had a couple surgeries on his shoulder. Remember, he's had a couple
1: surgeries on his neck. It's probably best it doesn't happen. Wow, our timing's been just amazing. There's Zuckerberg right there. <laughs> um, and you heard Ari say it's not going to happen. By the way,
2: everybody's in a nice suit. They got all dressed up. And they're going all day. It starts yeah. at 10 uh, in about 10 minutes and it will go until 5 o'clock. So uh, a long session. Uh, as, uh, as we pay attention to, you know, they some of them have offered sort of ad hoc solutions. Remember when Musk called for a six-month uh, pause. Right.
1: Even though he had, he never believed that would happen, right. and of course it didn't. Um, there, there is a, bit there's a lot of there is a lot of tension in there. It's not just Musk and Zuckerberg. Remember, Musk is also was one of the founders of OpenAI, was the money behind a lot of it, and is certainly not happy. He feels, at least, says that what happened there in terms of the move to for profit. So, uh, Sam Altman, Musk, Zuckerberg. It's just interesting in terms of the dynamic and the development of, of course, of this this as Benioff told you what did he say uh, you know in our lifetime or maybe ever most important technology did I hear him say Uh, that
3: Jim? David he wasn't the only one and then offline I keep trying to get people at a dinner last night on A lot of guys, everybody who was not there was was here. And I can't get anyone off their game that this is a 2024 major change. They will all look back at this moment right now and cannot believe what our lives were like versus what will be like in September 2024. There wasn't a soul who said it was overhyped. It's just incredible, impenetrable, David. No matter what I did, people just said, get on board. Pretty, pretty powerful narrative. This is Eric Schmidt. By right, who's that? Eric Schmidt. Uh, who, yeah. You okay. know, has
1: all sorts of national security clearances, by the way, very much involved in. Uh, on that side of things, much more so than any of the other CEOs. Obviously, he's not a CEO any longer, having run Google for some time. And, in fact, a
2: lot of people in the room uh, won't be CEOs. Uh, Randy Weingarten of the Teachers' Union, I don't know if you guys uh, know what's going on in schools on this back-to-school season, but teachers and schools already grappling with uh, chat GPT policies regarding the student body. I mean, that's already well in front of uh, parents and kids.
3: Yeah, the- I think that the person we have to listen to uh, that may not come up as much as should is Zuckerberg at Meta has been more involved than almost anyone with Jensen at NVIDIA. And I think that, remember, they're right on the firing line, these younger people, uh, Facebook, Instagram, AI, something to worry about or something to watch.
2: Meantime, uh, pretty flattish open here. Obviously looking a bit past uh, the warm elements of the CPI print today. Dow's up almost 40. Pretty good sector breadth. S&P up about 5. As we go to break, watch bonds as well. We did get to 435 on the 10-year. That would be the highest since August 22nd, if you can remember what that period was like. Uh, Currently, two years still circulating right around 5 as we pretty much got the big eco print of the day out of the way. But watch out tomorrow with PPI and retail sales. Back in a minute. We may have had the VMAs last night, but this is our own red carpet version of uh, the business world as uh, Musk, Zuckerberg, Sam Altman, Bill Gates and others gather at the Senate to talk about AI at this closed door forum. We'll be on the, on watch for headlines pretty much all day long. Uh, David, not any solutions or necessarily even proposals expected, but uh, Schumer has said he wants the Senate body to get educated on this early.
1: Yeah. And, and it is, you know, it's not even that early at this point as all sorts of use cases for generative AI in particular are, are being uh, created. And you got them all there. I mean, Musk, Zuckerberg, Jensen Wong, obviously, uh, Altman, and on and on, Carl. So, you know, hopefully it will actually help uh, because all of these well, gentlemen uh, uh, and people do believe that we do need to formulate policies around this, uh, obviously, potentially very... Productive uh, new technology, but also dangerous. All right. In the meantime,
3: let's get to Jim and stop trading. Jim? There's a big split right now, Carl, between the investment banks, the big money centers, and the regionals. I want people to watch Key. Uh, they reiterated their numbers. They have a 7% yield. The stock had a nice move yesterday, no follow through. People want to own JP Morgan, uh, Citi, we talked about that reorg. They want to own Wells Fargo. Uh, they want to own Bank of America, and they don't want to own the regionals. That's a negative sign. You need to see a bigger move in the financials for this rally to continue to do well. And I got to, you know, I'm a little worried. I think that, there's, that this arm deal is going to come in too hot. So I'm worried. You know. We need to see numbers added immediately, AI. I've got William Sonoma on tonight. Laura Albert, I think she can tell an amazing story about what it means for customers. Uh, we have SoFi. They have a good AI story. And then I've got an ethical Discord. This is one of our CNBC disruptors. Uh, take a look. Which one, of the dis- which one do you think is the disruptor there? How about the one who looks like a genuine disruptor?
2: Jason Citron. <laughs> Uh, We'll see you. See you tonight. Uh, I can't wait. It's been an amazing week so far. I got Uh, my pajama
3: suit. I'll see you
2: tomorrow.
1: (laughs) You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
4: its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.
1: From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive...